Welcome to Politics and Psychology. I'm Dr. Renee Carr, and please introduce yourself in the chat or on social media. Today we are talking about what is a male, what is a female? And for this to not be a one-sided conversation or a one-time conversation, please also give your thoughts and your questions in the comment section below. So how are you doing today? Well, I care about you and your life, and so it's important to understand what is a male and what is a female. More important, it's important for us to understand why are we asking and therefore answering this question. So the main reason why we're asking this question is because in recent years, especially within the last five years, there has been an increase in um, publications people on the Supreme Court being asked this question, people who are running for office being asked this question, well, what is a male and what is a female? And so instead of it being a biological fact or a scientific fact, it has now become a political tool to either vote for someone, to not vote for someone, a political tool to say, well, are you focusing on diversity? Do you care about the rights of people who are not heterosexual and also could be used to just put someone in a box to say, well, if you don't believe in something different than a male or different from a female, then you're going against me and that person might have gender identity confusion. And so again, we're seeing more of a push to change science, um, opinion news, news articles, and even how people are recognizing gender in schools and on birth certificates. And there are... Um, there's a push to say, well, really, what is gender? So we're going to answer that question today. So in most species, including the human species, there are two classifications of types, male or female. And the reason why there is one group called male and the other group called female is because in each of these species, there are certain characteristics, physical and internal, that one group of the species will have and there is a different set of characteristics that the other group will have in the species. And throughout history and throughout science and biology, what's been consistent for humanity and animals, animals is that there is one group that performs a certain way in species and across species, and the other group will perform a different way. They will also look a different way and have certain characteristics. And the primary differentiation is which of these categories gives birth and which one does not. The one that gives birth or has the potential to give birth is considered the female of that species, and the one that doesn't is considered, therefore, the male. So when we look at the primary sex characteristics in humans and other mammals, it includes the internal reproductive organs and the genitalia, as well as the external genitalia. So the internal reproductive organs include what we have for their ovaries and testes. And then of course, external, we would see those as penises and vaginas. So I will be very detailed and maybe might be considered graphic. So if you have tiny ears around you, you may want to 
encourage them so they can actually hear the truth about what's going on. But if it may cause complications for you, then you may want to hold off and let them listen to this when they get to a a little bit older. So there are three core areas that show the biological differences between males and females. And this is, of course, for the human species. So in females, we have XX chromosome and males have XY chromosomes. So the three core areas are chromosomes, reproductive organs, and hormones. And so males have the XY chromosome, females have the XX chromosome. But what is a chromosome, you may ask? So in the normal human body, we have 23 pairs of chromosomes. And a chromosome is basically like a little long, thin structure inside of our body. We can look through under a very intense microscope and it contains thousands of genes. And each of these little genes are biochemical units based off your hereditary um, um, characteristics, other DNA, and also developmental um, chemical units that you would need to develop appropriately. And each pair of chromosomes controls different aspects or different parts of your development and biological sex is included in that. But the difference is biological sex is only on that last pair of chromosomes. So on the 23rd chromosome or the 23rd pair of chromosomes, you will see either a little squiggly X and another squiggly X, which would mean, okay, that's a female human. Or if you see a little squiggly X and a squiggly Y, okay, well, then that's a male human. So at our basics, if anyone were to ask you, well, really, what is a male? What is a female? You could simply say a male is born with an XY chromosome and females are born with XX chromosomes. So let's give you even more information about that. So when you look at around six weeks of the baby in development, so in utero, what we're going to see is an SRY gene. So like a SRI, think about sky. So it's a SRI gene. And this is on your last chromosome pair. So on the 23rd pair. So if it's on the Y chromosome, it will cause the gonads, which is the sex organs for males to appear. And that way we'll know that those will then become testes. And so that's what we have called the sex determining region Y gene. That's why you have SRY gene that stands for S sex determining region R and Y meaning Y gene. So we have on that SRY gene or the SRY gene, if we see that there is a Y there, that will then determine if this little baby will then produce gonads or if it will produce ovaries. So now this is where it might get a little bit um, graphic or detailed. So let's think about just the human anatomy when it comes to genitalia. So a male would have testes and then the female is going, you know, the little balls that are hanging down from the guy or the scrotum. And then the female will then have um, her labia or her lips. And so depending on which you have for either XY or if you have XX, and you combine that with your hormones, if you have higher levels of the hormone testosterone, then instead of having a little scrotum that's going to actually in the testes, that's going to kind of like hang down, which are, if you think about them, kind of like little grapes or squiggly grapes, then instead of it being kind of loose and round hanging down, you will have the opposite, which will be kind of very thin pancake-like 
pancake like compared to you know walls hanging down <laughs> so you would have very thin pancake like and there and that would be where the labia or the lips of the vagina would be so you can see like the basic human structure is the same for the genitalia but by week six we can then say okay well this person is having a higher level of testosterone Therefore, we can predict that they are not going to have the thin lips as a labia. They're going to have more rounded testes and um, testicles and scrotum there. And so we can then see that, okay, well, this is what makes it a male versus this is what makes it a female. In addition to having the secondary external characteristic of having either a penis or a vagina. So that's one way we can also think about it. So the reproductive organs would be the second part. So the first one is one with the chromosomes, males XY, females XX. Second, what are the reproductive organs? So reproductive meaning reproduce. So in women, the reproductive system includes the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, the uterus, the cervix, and the vagina. And in men, it includes the prostate, the testes, and the penis. So if you have a penis, very simple, we can see that on the outside, you would be considered a male. And we can say that your penis was produced because you had higher levels of testosterone, which would go to the hormones. And if you were a female, it's because you are one, having a vagina. And then when your vagina is there because you had higher levels of estrogen that didn't cause on that SRY gene to form on the chromosome to be a gonad. So now the third category is the hormones. So hormones are biological chemicals and they go through your glands in your body and then they go through your bloodstream. And the sex hormones are the same in both male and female. The only difference is how much which one will have. So females are going to have higher levels of estrogen, but they will still have testosterone. Whereas men will have higher levels of testosterone, but lower levels of estrogen, but they both still have them. So if you look at the testosterone, it's more present obviously in males and females. And when you have a higher level of testosterone, this is what will produce what we see as typical male behavior, just from a biological standpoint. So when testosterone is released inside the womb, again, around six or seven weeks, then what it causes is what we would see as the masculinization of the male brain. And what that means is, okay, well, there's higher levels of testosterone and that's going to affect that person's body, little person's body growing, and also the brain differently. And the main characteristics are aggression, competitiveness, and having a higher sexual drive. And also interestingly, visual spatial abilities. So what that means is think about baseball. You can visualize it and then you can also imagine the space or the distance between it. And for that reason, men have certain physical advantages in sports such as baseball compared to women in the same sport. It doesn't mean that women cannot be great at some sports and men can't be great at some sports either. It just means that there is a natural physical advantage that is produced in the brain, which was then responsible for eye-hand coordination as well as muscle, muscular development within the body. So again, we both have male having hormones as the same as women, but the difference is how much do you have? Do you have more testosterone or do you have more 
excuse me, estrogen. Now, there was a study that was conducted in um, 1995, and what it was testing is it had a bunch of little babies that were being born, and they were saying that they had higher levels of, of estrogen. So it was then, and then the vagina was also beginning to develop. So it was clear that there were little baby girls that were developing. And so in order to test, well, does it really matter if there is testosterone? So um, they injected little small shots of testosterone into the uterus of the women who were carrying the female babies. And what it showed that they continued to develop healthy and they were normal, but behaviorally, their brain was more wired to have more higher levels of aggression than the females that did not have that. And in order to determine that that was just not a fluke or just a mishap, remember all the data that I'm giving you here and today and all the other episodes that we'll have on um, politics and psychology podcast is that it's based off of science, it's based off of data that is unbiased and has been proven more than 10 times or that has a high probability of at least 90% of the time in 90% of the tests that are being conducted to have the same results. So when they did that, they found that over and over and over again, you can statistically predict that the little baby girl fetuses that were having a higher injection of the testosterone were more likely to be not only more aggressive than females that didn't have that boost in testosterone, but the higher of the testosterone, the more aggressive the little girl babies were more likely to be. So that just lets us know that there really are differences in what your body produces for hormones and how those hormones relate to your behavior. Now, if you are a female and imagine you're going through your menstrual cycle or this is your first time or your five, you know, I don't know about 500, but, but it's your 100th time of having your menstrual cycles. You can feel where your hormones are different. Your body starts to act different. It feels differently. And you also have, um, you're thinking a little bit different because your moods are affected. So again, we have evidence not only in the lab, but only in our actual bodies, also in our actual bodies of what's happening. And men, you can also see that on average, Men who have higher testosterone levels will have higher sexual drives than men who have lower testosterone levels, but men will still more likely have higher testosterone levels than men, I mean, than female, obviously. And therefore, even if the male has lower testosterone levels, they will still have a higher sex drive than a woman who has her normal level of testosterone and her normal level of estrogen. So we can just see again in the lab or in our lives that hormones do affect our brain and also our behavior. So now let's look at the secondary sex characteristics of humans, males or females. So these are what you see kind of like on the outside and these become more prominent in puberty and puberty is kickstarted by the hormones. So not only do you have them when you are seven weeks in utero or inside your mommy's little tummy, but you also have a higher level of them. They're also mainly called um, androgens or sex hormones that peak during the pubescent phases. And that's what kicks off puberty. And that's where you're going to start seeing the physical differences between a male and a female. So you'll see the main differences in height, muscle, and adipose or your fat tissue. So men are going to have higher height, more muscle, and less fat tissue than a female 
who's also going through puberty. So men are usually typically taller than the females or women or males are usually tip, um, taller than the females and males also are more likely to have more muscle above their abdomen whereas females are more likely to have more muscle below their abdomen so you might see of course guys are going to have the, you know, their muscles whether they think they're big or they really are you know larger um, biceps and triceps and men are more likely going to have stronger upper bodies and females are going to have stronger legs you're also going to see a difference physically so think of the adam's apple that's actually caused by thyroid cartilage so the more thyroid cartilage you have it's going to produce an adam's apple and that thyroid cartilage is produced from hormones so again hormones are helping to produce not only the internal behaviors of what's going on inside of female versus a male but also it can show us very obvious outside or external characteristics. When you think about men are able to have sperm, whereas women have eggs, then it's the female also who is carrying the child. So the female species in humans and most mammals, I'm sorry, females in humanity and mammals are the ones who are bearing children or able to produce the child. And because of that, in human females, our pelvic bones are created and shaped differently than males. So if you were to um, look at a cadaver, maybe a hundred years or a thousand years from now, you can tell which one was a male and which one was a female just by the shape of their pelvic bone. And if that person had a baby, if the female had a baby, then her pelvic bones will also be shaped differently. They will spread out more to show that that person actually not only had a baby, but then um, gave birth to it vaginally. So if you might be confused or uncertain, or if you know someone who is confused or uncertain about what is a male, what is a female, you now have the basic understandings biologically of what is a male or what is a female, regardless of what sexual preferences or in regardless of gender identity confusion. So let's just kind of go over it again. We have three core areas of biological differences of what is a male and what is a female. And it's chromosomes, reproductive organs, and hormones. So in the male, the male will have XY chromosomes. The female will have XX chromosomes. The, fem the male will have a penis, which is the external characteristics. And the female will have a vagina. Males will have testes, females will have ovaries. Males will produce sperm, while females will produce eggs. Males can have erections, whereas women can give birth, <laughs> which leads to the pregnancy, obviously. Men can also have erectile dysfunction, whereas females will have menstrual cycles and also have menopause. Now, you have the basics understanding of that. Now, there is misleading science that is funded by often political entities or political action committees, which can then fund research or corporate researchers that are then funded by political entities that are changing the language. And so you might see where someone's going to say, well, actually, 
Biological sex is one thing, but gender identity is different. So this is now like the tricky play on words. And what they're trying to say is that, well, biological sex, yes, that's male and female, but gender identity is what's learned behaviors from masculinity and femininity. And it's also referring to the cultural differences of what society expects a female to act like and what a society expects a male to act like. And so the confusion is coming in because that's not true. For example, if a male who was born a biological male is experiencing identity confusion for his gender, then he would simply still maintain his physical characteristics and his physical behaviors and would not seek to then have plastic surgery, nor would he take on the behaviors that are stereotypical of a biological female. So instead, it's more accurate to say it's gender identity confusion or sex identity confusion, but it's not accurate to say that gender identity is what society is forcing a male or female to be. Because if that were the case, a biological male who believed he was born in the quote unquote wrong body would then not then choose to take on the physical characteristics through plastic surgery or hormone um, replacement therapy to then also mimic the internal and external characteristics of the female gender. So that ends our time for today, but please continue the conversation using science and love. And if you run too fast,